Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was Good morning. It is July 30th. I am uh, couldn't sleep that, that well last night. The namesake woke me up about an hour ago complaining of a sore throat. And took you to the bathroom and I looked at your throat and on the right side it looked a little red. So I mentioned that you had sniffles and hopefully it's just post-nasal drip. We will administer a COVID test to you. It would be very unfortunate if, you're, if it was positive because you have a party today at a pizza place me and your mom grew up going to. So it would be a little heartbreaking if, if it wasn't, if you weren't able to uh, have a party. Anyways, not a lot's happened since I recorded last. We had a date night last night. That was nice. We went to listen to some live music at a restaurant, which is in the theater in the where we go to down the street from our house. And we saw this really great movie called uh, Where the Crowd Ads Sing. Very sad. Very uplifting, but very, very sad. Then we walked to my office, did a bunch of bills, and came home. The bills took a long time. Just having to figure out stuff. <sighs> oh. So that's what's been going on. Not a lot. I'm. Doing. Uh, I'm excited to read about Hezekiah today. It's interesting how much, how many chapters are devoted to Hezekiah, this king. When you consider all the other chapters devoted to kings for being not doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord, hardly any chapters. In first or second kings are about a king that did what was right. Usually it's, oh, this king did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, lived X amount of years, was either betrayed and murdered or died, and then his, then the king, the next king, oh, was terrible. And almost, and none of the kings <sighs> that even did what was right in the eyes of the Lord they still didn't go to the high places and take down the Asherah poles. I noticed a lot of videos that talk about how Asherah was really the mother god, and God the Father was the father, and how the Israelites were trying to remove her from world history. Just complete nonsense. There's absolutely no archaeological evidence to support that. There's no theological evidence to support that. It's never mentioned in the Old Testament at all. Asherah 
in reality was just a made-up god, I believe by the Babylonians, or the Assyrians. And the, I think the only reason she was so, or the, this false god was so popular was because we could blame King Solomon and his well over a thousand wives and concubines who he allowed to post astral poles and really popularize it because he wanted to have sex. Five minutes. Starbucks will be open. Get some Starbucks. Get a coffee cake. And do a little reading. Read a little bit. We'll read uh, 2 Kings 18, uh, 19 and 20. It's boring, but if you haven't figured it out by now, of the four, if you're not one of the four, we named our child, we refer to the king, uh, Hezekiah. So he's, so that's why we call him king. There's a lot of names I wish we would have named him as a middle name. The middle name is coming up, but... I won't mention the middle name yet until we get to the Bible, but I wanted his middle name to be Cyrene, like Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene was an African man who helped Jesus carry the cross when he couldn't. He was ordered to by the Romans, and I, I thought that's, that's an amazing person, and the name carries a lot of weight, a lot of history. But no, we, your, your mom vetoed that. I still like the name though. Let's see. Very tired, very, very tired. Let's see. I wonder if someone won the lottery. I think someone did. I think someone did. I'm gonna put it on pause for a second. And we'll get back to you. All right. Let's see, where are we gonna go? Let's... Let's head to south, to another place. Sorry, I'm driving around. I'm all tired. So anyways, hopefully, it, if you're, uh, if the namesakes, COVID test comes back negative, I hope, then we will have a nice party today, this evening, around 5, and your mom wants to take 
King Hezekiah on a Cub Scout hiking thing, which is great. I just don't want to go on it with all the other kids. I think she wants to take him. That's great. In fact, it'd be more ideal that she take him only. Because you need, we don't need your other siblings trying to talk to your friends. We're trying to make you, we're trying to get you, um, implanted in this Cub Scout group. And so bringing other, like, quote-unquote competition, like, your other siblings, I, um, that would be, I think that would be problematic. So, I don't think we're going to do that. how many pastors don't know the name Hezekiah. It's interesting to me. Uh, including um, devout, uh, I wouldn't say devout, but people that practice Judaism, Jewish people. Not, not Jewish by ethnicity, Jewish by belief. I always say, oh yeah, we have a child named Hezekiah. And they're like, oh, what's that? What? What are you talking about? I do you not know who this guy is? So. Uh, I remember one time when we mentioned the name to a locksmith who was from Israel. His face just lit up. He's like, really? You name a son that? Are you Jewish? He's like, no. It's Protestant. He, uh, your mom locked keys in the car in Sacramento way to call a locksmith. The guy had a thick accent, so a guy had to ask, where are you from? No, I don't do it, like, to sound racist. I genuinely want to know where they're from, and what we can talk about, you know, all that. And he said, Israel. I was like, well, we got to tell you. And I explained to him all the names of my children that have a Israelite connection through the, from the Bible. He was very impressed, but especially impressed with the name Hezekiah. It's a very, how should I put it, um, uh, rare name to hear in the States, he said. Although there is a Hezekiah at our church. I put in the name, like a kid named Hezekiah, but I put a, a name in, and uh, evidently they, um, they had another one. I thought we were going to be the only one, but, but I but that's not the case. Right, I'm going to put you on pause for a second. Again. Sorry. I'll be right back. Then we'll get into 2 Kings 18 through 20. Anyways, check back in a second. All right, I am back. Sorry for that. Uh, let's see. using my cultural backgrounds study Bible today. Here on Second Kings 18. I'm excited. I've actually 
done a chunk of, of this Bible. Let's say maybe a fifth. Maybe I'm a fifth of the way done with the Bible. Anyways, I'm in no rush. I'm just oh, I'm excited. All right. Second Kings chapter 18. In the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. <clears throat> he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time the Israelites had been burning incense to it. It was called Nehushtan. Uh, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. From watchtower to fortified city, he defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza or Gaza, and its territory. In King Hezekiah's fourth year, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, marched against Samaria and laid siege to it. At the end of three years, the Assyrians took it. So Samaria was, capt was captured in Hezekiah's sixth year, which was the ninth year of Hoshea, or Hoshea, king of Israel. The king of Assyria deported Israel to Assyria and settled them in Halah, in Gozan, on the Hebrew River in the towns of the Medes. This happened because they had not obeyed the Lord their God, but had violated this covenant. All that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, they neither listened to the commands nor carried them out. In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent this message to the king of Assyria at Lachish. I have done wrong. Withdraw from me, and I will pay whatever you demand of me. The king of Assyria exacted from king Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace. At this time, Hezekiah, king of Judah, stripped off the gold uh, with which he had covered the doors and doorposts of the temple of the Lord and gave it to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria sent his supreme commander... The his chief officer and his field commander with a large army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. They came up to Jerusalem and stopped at the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field. They called for the king and Elohim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and jo, Joah, son of Asaph, the recorder, went out to them. The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have the counsel and the might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Look, I know you are depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff, which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it, such as Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. But if you say to me we are depending on the Lord our God, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Come now, make a bargain with my master, 
the king of Assyria, I will give you 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. How can you repulse one officer of the least of my master's officials, even though you are depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Furthermore, have I come to attack and destroy this place without word from the Lord? The Lord himself told me to march against this country and destroy it. I'm going to take a sip. Then Elikim, son of Hilkiah, and Shebna and Joah said to the field commander, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people on the wall. The commander replied, Was it only to your master and you that my master sent me to say these things, and not to the people sitting on the wall, who, like you, will have to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine? Then the commander stood and called out in Hebrew, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you from my hand. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says the Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me. Come out to me. Then each of you will eat fruit from your own vine and fig tree and drink water from your own cistern until they come and take you to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Choose life and not death. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for he is misleading you when he says the Lord will deliver us. Has the God of any nation ever delivered his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods, excuse me, where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim, Hen Hena, Eva? Have they rescued Samaria from my hand? Uh, who of all the gods of these countries has been able to save this, his land from me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But the people remained silent and said nothing. In reply, because the king had commanded, do not answer him. Then Elakim, son of Hilkiah, and the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary of Joah, son of Asaph, the recorder, went to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him what the field commander had said. So this is... I'm going to just pause for a second. This is obviously like one of the first uses of propaganda that I, I, I can tell in uh, the Bible. And um, these emissaries from the king of Syria are just telling the people, hey, come out and be with us and don't listen to your king. They're, they're trying to... Um, I, I think the king knows it's going to take many years, a long time to to lay siege to Judah, and I think if they try and go a different route and try and make the Israelites rebel against their king, they'll be easier, it'll be easier to infiltrate and, and take over the city. Now, what's really telling in that chapter is the Israelites did not say a word because they were commanded by their king not to. I wonder if the Israelites would have been as obedient to their king if the king was not as obedient to God. I think as a leader, King Hezekiah demonstrating his obedience to the Lord in all his ways, um, that in turn was a blueprint for the, his um 
uh, what's it called, the, the citizens in Israel, or Judah, to follow King Hezekiah. Just a thought. But you could tell Hezekiah is just an amazing king so far. Um, hang on one second. Chapter 19. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. He sent, again, this, the first thing he did was he mourned and he went straight to God. All right, sorry. I'm stopping. <clears throat> uh, okay. He sent Elakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and the leading priests, all wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace, as when children come to the moment of birth, and there is no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the field commander, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God, and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, pray for the remnant that still survives. When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your masters this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. When the field commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lachish, he withdrew and found the king fighting against Libna. Now Sennacherib received a report that Tirka, the king of Cush, was marching out to fight against him. So he sent, again sent messengers to Hezekiah with this word. Say to King Hezekiah of Judah, do not let God, the God, this, and when they say God, it's a little g, you depend on, deceive you when he says, Jerusalem will not be given in the hands of the king of Assyria. Surely you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And will you be delivered? Do the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my predecessors deliver them, the gods of Gozan, Haran, Rez, Rezef, and the people of Eden who were in Tel Asar? Where is the king of Hamath, or the king of Arpad? Where are the kings of Lair, Sepharvaim, Hena, and Eva? Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord. Again, I let me pause this, guys. Again, he gets this bad news. The first thing he does is go to God. The first thing. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I have heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word that the Lord has spoken against him. Virgin daughter Zion despises you and mocks you. Daughter Jerusalem tosses her head as you flee. Who is it you have ridiculed and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride?
against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have ridiculed the Lord, and you have said, With my many chariots I have ascended the heights of the mountains. The utmost heights of Lebanon I have cut down its tallest cedars. The choicest of its junipers I have reached its remotest parts, the finest of its forests. I have dug wells in foreign lands and drunk the water there. With the soles of my feet I have dried up all the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard? Long ago I ordained it. In days of old I planned it. Now I have brought it to pass that you have turned fortified cities into piles of stone. Their people drained of power and dismayed and put to shame. They are like plants in the field, like tender green shoots, like grass sprouting on the roof, scorched before it grows up. But I know where you are and where, when you come and go and how you rage against me. Because you rage against me and because your insolence has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you return by the way you came. This would be the sign for you, Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself, and the second year what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. Once more a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Therefore this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter the city and shoot an, or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter the city, declares the Lord. I will defend the city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. That night an angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there. Ooh, Nineveh. Remember that one? One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of the god Nisroch, his sons Adramelech and Sherezer killed him with a sword, and they escaped to the land of Ararat. Ararat. And Esar Shaddon, his son, succeeded him as king. Pretty fascinating what happened um, there. 185,000. And... Um, just pause. I'm going to start pausing more because I think we get more out of it than just reading through and trying to remember what I wrote. Uh, a lot of theologians believe that whenever the 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 phrase "angel of the Lord" occurs in the Bible, that's the um, pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. That's Jesus before he is in body form. That's the Son. That's God in triune form. Angel of the Lord. I don't know if that is or not. It's it's interesting. My dad spoke about that too. He talked about how whenever you see angel of the Lord, that's actually Jesus. It's mentioned a bunch of times in the Bible. It's mentioned um, the angel of the Lord was the one that put to death all the firstborn sons during uh, right before the Exodus. There's a bunch of other places the angel of the Lord shows up. Usually it's to kill a lot of people. Okay. Um, chapter 20. In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion, and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. 
Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil, and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, What will the sign of the Lord uh, what will be the sign of the Lord will heal me, and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now? And Isaiah answered, This is the Lord's sign that you will uh, to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps, or shall it go back ten steps? It's a simple matter for the shadow to go forward ten steps, said Hezekiah. Rather have it go back ten steps. Then the prophet Isaiah called on the Lord, and the Lord made the shadow go back, and the ten steps that had gone down the stairway of Ahaz. Uh, when it says shadow go back ten steps, I the notes are talking about how this refers to like a sundial, something to that says uh, whether the sun is setting or rising. Or um, the note says it's been assumed that this refers to a device designed to tell time, but if so, this is the only mention of such a device in the Old Testament. Scholars refer to this context to ancient sundials in general. So. I'm going to keep going. I think I don't know what, what else to take from that. At that time, Marduk Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah letters and a gift because he had heard of Hezekiah's illness. Hezekiah received the envoys and showed them all that was in his storehouses, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the fine olive oil, his armory and everything found among his treasures. There is nothing in his palace or in all his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah, the prophet, went to King Hezekiah and asked, What do those men say, and where do they come from? From a distant land, Hezekiah replied, they came from Babylon. The prophet asked, What do they see in your palaces? They saw everything in my palace, Hezekiah said. There is nothing among my treasure that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. The word of the Lord you have spoken is good, Hezekiah replied. For he thought, will there not be peace and security in my lifetime? As for the other events of Hezekiah's reign, all his achievements and how he made the pool and the tunnel by which he brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors, and Manasseh, his son, succeeded him as king. And we will get to the tunnel and the pool in the next, in Chronicles, I believe. But that's a great story where he, where Hezekiah, um, with his engineers, tunneled to a pool to bring water in the city to prevent it from being sieged. I think by Babylon. I don't, it wasn't Assyria. But. And to this day, there the tunnel can, is in uh, Israel. It's called Hezekiah's Tunnel. 
and uh, it's, I, I want to say it's like 500 yards long. It's an engineering uh, feat because they were tunneling on opposite sides and they had to meet somewhere in the middle and they're only off by inches. And if you realize back then, I mean thousands of years ago, they didn't really have precise tools. And so the fact that they're able to meet in the middle almost precisely is miraculous. So, so I'm heading home. Hopefully your mom is not awake. That would make me sad. I, I want her to get some sleep. She really needs sleep. I'm going to uh, maybe go home and sleep on the couch or something. I don't want to wake her up in our bedroom. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully we have a nice morning. And, uh, relaxing. I love Saturdays. love Saturdays with you guys. Anyways, I love you all. And I, I appreciate you. And just, just know that there may be times when I'm upset or disappointed in you guys. And that doesn't mean I don't love you and accept you. Uh, you're flesh of my flesh. So it just, it's, it's important that you know that there, there, you can't do anything to stop me from loving you. And bragging about you and being proud uh, of you. So... In all that, in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and our king. God bless you.
soul as he has come.